You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I am your host for the day, Patricia Caputo. Joining me is Tyler Viso. How are you, Tyler? I'm great. It's Tuesday. Can't complain. I totally agree with you. All right, so we're going to start off talking about baseball, but before we start, I'm going to ask you a little trivia question that I saw today on the LSU Sports app. So to begin, in what year did LSU baseball set the NCAA record for the most home runs hit by a team in a single season? Okay, I I do know more baseball. I know more LSU baseball because you're from Jersey, so you probably don't know as much. Right. It's definitely 96 or 97, and I think I think it was 96. I'm like I'm 50 50 on 96 or 97. I know that much. I'm gonna I'm gonna go 96. 96. Okay, so I'm I will tell you all the answer at the end of our baseball segment, but if you're looking for multiple choice, the multiple choice qu- answers were 1991, 93, 96, or 97. I already know the answer, but Tyler is going with 96. That's your final it's, answer? Yes, it's 96. I'm okay. pretty sure it's 96. All right, at the end of the segment, I'll let you know the answer. First off, we're going to start off talking about LSU baseball, as I said, and let's just talk about Friday night. So on Friday, LSU played the Florida Gators, and they lost 7-2. to two. Blake Money was the pitcher for the night, and he ended up having the batters hit three home runs off of him. So it wasn't a great game, and he also they scored six runs off of him as well. What is the level of concern for Blake Money, if any at all? I would say not that much, but you knew coming into the season you didn't have an ace. There's no guy on this team that you look and say, okay, he's going to pitch a full game, he's going to throw a no-hitter, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Then he got injured, and you kind of look at it again and say, well, now you're kind of depleting what he already had. Going into SEC play, he got teed off on by Texas A&M, who is not a good team, and then you played number 9 Florida, and you said, well, this can't be any better, and you were right. Six runs in the first, what was his, he pitched, what, five innings or something? He didn't pitch long. Yeah, five innings. We went to the bullpen relatively quickly, and LSU really couldn't do much offensively. I mean, I'm not concerned, but I'm also was never hopeful to begin with, I guess. Right, I agree with you. I don't think we should go into panic, and that's something Jay Johnson's really good at doing, not panicking right away. I think Blake is still coming back from an injury. He's not 100%, and he's allowed to have a bad game. You know, I think in the beginning of the season, we expected him just to be the ace because of how well he played versus a team like Maine, but he's still growing, and I don't think there's any concern right now. I think he he pumps the strike zone, right? and you rely heavily on your defense when he takes the mound. Mm -hmm. When you play those bad teams, yeah, it's fine. I mean, he could throw for 10 strikeouts, and that's great. But when you're playing a team like Florida, who at the time was leading the country in home runs, I think. I believe so, yep. So when you're playing a team like that, yeah. When you're playing a team like that, you kind of look at it and say, I don't expect him to have a great game. And then being right really didn't make you that angry. Mm -hmm. But winning your Friday game is very important in college baseball. I agree. And they did pull it together. And I think one of the reasons they pulled it together on Saturday and Sunday is because Coach Jay Johnson decided to make the decision to switch Jordan Thompson to second base and Kay Doty to shortstop in the middle of the game on Friday. 
Do you think that positively impacted that weekend? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we last year, we put a lot of pressure on Jordan Thompson, who was a freshman, to play shortstop. We didn't have a shortstop last year. Jordan Thompson filled that role and played great. He had great defense. But then we just kind of slouched him into that role and never tried to put him anywhere else. And that was kind of a mistake. And I'm glad that we rectified that mistake. And now we're looking at it and saying, why did we just assume him to be there Mm -hmm. when it was a new coach and a new staff coming in? So I I thought it was a good move to put him at second. And Doty looked comfortable at short. Right. I can't agree more. I think it slowed down the game for Thompson. And that's what he needed. And also this season, he just had too many costly errors. There were just simple routine plays like a ground ball. And he has to throw it over to first baseman Trey Morgan. And a lot of them were overthrown. It just unnecessarily plays. And I think Jay Johnson made the decision at the best time. He didn't wait too long. And he didn't do it too early to kind of bust his confidence. I think this was the perfect timing, and he had to do it against the number eight team in the country to try to secure a weekend series win. You needed to take a take away at least one going if you're if you're just talking about before you knew anything on Sunday and you had just got beaten down on Friday, you were happy to take one away from him. And then you kind of look at it and you say, okay, well, I'm glad that we finally had some sort of success on offense but to limit the errors on defense is honestly one of the biggest Mm -hmm. critiques you could have right now for this team yep I totally agree and moving on to Saturday the Tigers got their first win of the weekend they won 16 to 4 against the Gators and let's talk about Mikhail Hillard right he had a pretty good game he only I I think he did have yes he did have the batters hit two home runs off of him but that was only late and then Jay Johnson made the decision to take him out of the game but other than that, he played mostly clean baseball. Do you think that this secures his spot in the weekend rotation? Yes, I think it does. I think that this past Sunday we kind of talked about this, and Hilliard is not going to – he's the same exact thing as Blake Money. He's not giving you nine innings. There's right. just no way. Mm-hmm. Batters figure him out way too fast. But if you have the foresight to know that and you're not burning too many arms on – you're not burning too many arms on Friday, and you finally get a guy on Sunday that you know is going to be good, it's perfect. He's the perfect guy for Saturday. But you have to know more about this team before right. you can do that. But I think for the time being, for the next couple weekends, because what, we go play Auburn? Yes. Auburn's not good. You should beat them, and I think you should keep trying to see how long you can get Hilliard to find his average of, okay, he's going to go – Five and a half, six innings, and then we got to pull him. And when you find that out, you're going to drastically improve your chances of winning on Saturdays. And I think he's the guy to do it. I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know if this stays like this for the rest of the season where he's always in this weekend rotation. Jay Johnson said himself that they're still looking for those solid Friday, Saturday, Sunday guys. And I think you just have to know the role, as you were saying, to find this consistency that this team needs you have to know your role and I think Hillard's role is you might get him for six innings and that's it then you got to take him out if you want to win the game yeah for sure I think I think just the big kind of takeaway of that is that if your offense is backing you up on Saturday mm-hmm. you could I mean on this past Saturday you could put anybody on the mound right. it really didn't matter right. you were do- you were dominating mm-hmm. I can't agree more and then 
just talking about for the rest of the season, is there a guy on this LSU or in this LSU bullpen rather that you see as a designated Friday night guy or even just in the weekend rotation? As a reliever? Or, or as just like anything, maybe an ace, like a Friday night ace other than We don't have I mean there, there's no guy. There there just isn't. I mean everybody on this team right now in terms of the st- pitching staff fits it perfectly. It just no one rises to the top of that short list that says, okay, this guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just the facts of the matter. I really don't know what else you can really do about that, but Gervais has been great. He can play an right. extended role. Uh, today on the day of recording, is going to pitch today. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he can do as a starter. It's stuff like that. I mean, there's things you got to figure out, but there's nobody on this roster that I look up and down and say, yeah, man, you're perfect. You're yeah. going to be our ace in a couple mm-hmm. years or even tomorrow. I totally agree. And I think coming into this season, we knew that that was going to be the biggest issue, this this bullpen. And Blake Money, I would say, is the closest guy to that, but I wouldn't necessarily call him an ace. And a positive is that hopefully we'll get Javen Coleman back this season. Again, not saying he's an ace, but that will help open up this bullpen. Because he's a left-handed arm. Right. You don't have a ton of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're if you're facing... um a lefty dominated lineup or a righty dominated lineup, like you can handle some of it, but you don't have a great, you don't have the best left-handed arms right now. I mean, there's a couple guys that have been really good at times and shown spurts of that, but I mean, overall, it's not great. Right. And then just, we'll talk a little bit more about the offense, but I just wanted to update that LSU did win again on Sunday, 11 to two. So they took the series and another change that Jay Johnson made during the weekend was Trey Morgan did not lead off this weekend at all. He was either in the two-hole or the three-hole. Do you think he stays there? Yes, 100%. He was perfect. He is, now, because of his speed and his ability to get hits, you think he's a leadoff guy. But this weekend, he showed the power in the bat Mm -hmm. for the first time that I've really seen in his career. He's only played two years, but from what I've seen, he's going to be an RBI machine now. I think he's going to be perfect in the RBI setting because right now, you look around, and I mean, you get a guy who can get on first. He gets a single or a double. You're putting yourself in RBI chances almost immediately because Trey Morgan's so good at putting the ball on the ground. He doesn't pop up very much. Or singling and hitting just really good, getting really good hits. And he was so important to this team. But you can't put him in the leadoff spot anymore. I mean, you've that is solidified now. I think it's officially solidified. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he finished off this weekend with three RBIs. He had a home run on Saturday, and I, yeah, just and he did not have a home run on Sunday. But but he just he gets so many hits. Exactly. He's so consistent I that agree. you can't even be mad. I agree, and the consistency is something that we need in this team. So I think so too. He's either going to stay in that two or three hole. But I think it's perfect. I, I like. Don't you think that's perfect? Oh, I agree. I think it helps accumulate runs. I mean, it's just it. The analytics and just if you want to go on analytics or if you want to go on gut feeling or even the eye mm-hmm. test, everything points to you telling you Trey Morgan cannot be the leadoff right. guy anymore. He has to play somewhere more important I in agree. the lineup. Yep, I, can, I couldn't agree more. And just to wrap up baseball, one thing that kind of caught my eye that Johnson said about this win this week was that the team's energy and the mindset is the big reason that they won along with the growing that they did over the last few weeks. Would you say that it is the mindset and what some may call growing pains, or do you think that it was the changes that Jay Johnson made that helped them defeat Florida? Ooh, that's a, that's a really good question. I I would say a little bit of both. I would say that he made they were growing pains, and mm-hmm. I think they would have gotten themselves out of and 
Andre had been saying that too, that they were going to figure out the errors. Yes. It's just going to take some time. And that was growing pains. But the adjustments that were made mm-hmm. fixed that to where there were no more growing pains. I agree with you there. And I think Jay Johnson just has to give himself some credit. I feel like he's that type of coach that wants to give a lot of credit to his players and reasonably so. But he made that decision and that executive decision helped us win this w- weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it definitely helped. I mean, moving Thompson to second base and Doty to the shortstop was very important. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the most important decisions you could have made for this team right now. It was. I could not agree more. Early, it's early, and there's going to be more decisions to be made because this team is by far from perfect. Mm-hmm. But, look, Friday night, we were they, we were texting the group chat. We didn't know if LSU was going to make a regional. No. <laughs> and then look at them two days later. All of a sudden, you say, well, you should beat the number eight team in the country, yeah. and now you really look good. Mm-hmm. And you, the bats woke up yep. exponentially. I mean, they broke up, they woke up, and they didn't stop. 16 runs on Saturday, 11 runs on Sunday. And That's w- a big deal. And what was notable is Florida hit eight of our batters on Sunday. Yeah, I got a trivia question for you. Do you know when the last time that happened was? I don't think ever. No, it happened. It happened? Oh, wait, no, no, no. I think it's a record. I think it was six. Against? Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> I know this, but I forget who it was. It was against Maine earlier this season. Oh, they hit yes. six batters. Oh, my goodness. There's yes. your trivia question for me. I knew that. Yes. I saw it on I heard it on the radio call. Uh, me too. I'm so disappointed in myself right now. <laughs> all right. But I will tell you the answer to the trivia question just to remind you all of what the question was. It said in what year did LSU baseball set the NCAA record for the most home runs hit by a single by a team in a single season? 96? 96. It's 97. Oh. <laughs> Only 32% of people on the LSU sports app got it right. Oh, you man. were close. That was I knew I was I knew I was close. I knew I was 50-50. I know. When you said 97, I was like, oh, dang, he almost had it. I know. I oh, I'm so mad now. <laughs> well, we're gonna move on to some football. Spring ball started earlier or last week rather. Tyron Matthew is in town. I've been looking for him. I have not found him yet. But I'll keep you all updated if I find him. And let's just talk about a new face, or at least a notable new face, who is Coach Kelly, who was hired this off season after he spent 10 seasons at Notre Dame. I just want to talk about the new discipline that he's bringing to this team. Quarterback Miles Brennan said in himself that this is something some guys may not be used to, and they're not going to be able to get away with things that they used to, such as not going to class. Looking back at the season with under head coach Ed Ogeron, we saw a difficulty communicating. We saw a team that looked disorganized. The discipline that Coach Kelly is instilling in this team now, how do you think that's going to help next season or this regular season? I think what Coach Kelly is bringing to this team is organization. Mm -hmm. I think that the locker room was utter chaos last Mm -hmm. year. And I think that that might have been to the fact that Coach O was a player's guy, so they thought of him more as a friend Mm -hmm. than a coach. Or it could have been that they didn't respect him or whatever. There was always speculation going on about all of that stuff. I think the day Coach Kelly walked in the locker room, he looked at everybody and he said, these are the rules. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you do not abide by this, there will be consequences. And that was it. And everybody looked around and they said, okay, that's what we're going to do then. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I mean, these kids are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, like in that range years old. These kids are young. They need rules. Everybody needs rules going to college because, I mean, you just go crazy if you don't. <laughs> and, like, that's what the big deal about that to me is, that having that organization and those rules are going to make you so much more disciplined 
come August in the fall. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it was just simple tasks. Like Coach Kelly said, I believe it was an attendance sheet or something along those lines that they had to fill out every single day. And he had to go to class. Nobody was getting away without going to class. And I think this season it will solve a lot of the off the field issues that we saw, especially guys like John Emery Jr., who was, was academically ineligible. Why did that happen? We go to a go to D1 class. school and we have resources that are able to help these these student athletes. And obviously coaches weren't looking at that. So that's something that I think Coach Kelly has already changed. And think about this. He was coaching at Notre Dame where the academic standards were probably twice as high as yes. they are here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's, I mean, at this point, you're probably asking them to do the bare minimum. Right. I mean, you're not asking them to do, you know, get a 4.0. It's go to class. It, it's the simple things that I think you need that organization and that those consequences to make it. Because going to class is not the hardest thing in the world. I get that. And I understand that sometimes you got to miss whatever this, that, mm-hmm. the other. But you can't you can't just skip classes blatantly and act like there's not going to be consequences anymore. Yep, I agree. And now we'll get to talking about the fun stuff. I know it's a little early, but who do you think the starting quarterback is going to be this season? It's got to be Miles Brennan. You think? It's okay. got to be. I understand you brought that. Who? What's the name of the guy who went to Jaden Daniels? Jaden Daniels. Yeah. No, that ain't happening. Really? Uh, no, that ain't happening. You brought Miles <laughs> Brennan back for a specific reason. He's been in this room. Do you understand that? He has been in college longer than I've been in college. Six years? I've been here for four was, years. Yeah, I think he's he's been here two years years. longer than me. I remember watching him when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. He's he's about as mature as you can get at this point. I mean, Joe Burrow was about this. That that old. I'm not trying to compare <laughs> him to that. Right. But I'm under. But he's mature enough to get things done. If, unless Jaden unless Jaden Daniels does something absolutely absurd in spring camp and fall camp, then I'm um, I'm not gonna buy That's it. A, the thing about Jaden Daniels is he had a great season in 2019. He threw for 2,943 yards and 17 touchdowns. Had a not not a great season at all in 2020. He threw for five touchdowns. So we won't we'll just skip that because it was a COVID. He year. probably got he probably got bumped. Right. Down. I don't know how many games they played also because it was a COVID year. But then in 2021. He also fell into a little bit of a slump. He threw for 2,380 yards and then 10 touchdowns. So the question is, what guy are we getting? Are we getting 2021 Jaden Daniels or 2019 Jaden Daniels? I don't know if you're getting either of them. I think you just – look, Miles Brennan's had two injuries, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been great for him. I think you really have to look at it and say, okay, well, what if he gets injured again? You don't have Max Johnson anymore. Right? No. No, he yeah, transferred. He went to Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forget about that. I just forget about him sometimes. I try to block out that season every <laughs> once in a while. But you have Garrett Nussmeyer and Walker Howard, who is fresh on campus. And then, I mean, Nussmeyer played one game. It wasn't the worst game in the world, but he still doesn't have a ton of experience. Right. Why wouldn't you go out and get a guy like this in case he does get injured? You never, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in football. True. I think it will be between Miles Brennan. If Coach O was still here, I would say no doubt Miles Brennan. But now this is a new coaching staff, so I'm a little hesitant to say that. The only reason I think Jaden Daniels has a chance of starting is because why would he come here? I think he is every, in his mind, he is going to be the starting quarterback. He understands he has to earn it, but he wants that job. Yeah, I don't disparage that he wants the job. I mean, everybody does, but I mean... I just Miles Brennan was ready to transfer, and then My, Brian Kelly went and talked to him, and he must have said something. And right. I mean, that was then, and this is now. Mm-hmm. When they signed 
Jaden Daniels, and I get that, but I just don't think Miles Brennan had. I think it's his job to lose. I'll put it that way. It's yeah. his job to lose. I think he should be taking one reps all spring, mm-hmm. and unless Jaden Daniels starts, I mean, and he has to start doing some crazy stuff. I mean, he has to start unloading the ball. I agree with you on that. I think Brennan will start the season, but obviously, if it's not working out, he gets in a slump. They're going to switch to Jaden Daniels. I really would prefer they didn't, though. I would really prefer they didn't. I, for the past two years, we've been doing the same old song and dance where we have to switch quarterbacks midway through the season, and then we look around, and we're like, well, that guy's not good either. That guy, no, that guy, and that right. guy. And you do the same song and dance. Just get one starting quarterback. Let's, if, it's, if he's going to slump, you can – Brian Kelly's got a 10-year contract. We'll just <laughs> see what happens. He's got 10 years to figure it out. I mean, I don't even – I don't. I mean, wherever he's went has found success. Central Michigan, True. Notre Dame. He went to another college for that. It was like Division mm-hmm. Two college or something. He won two national championships there. It's stuff like that. I mean, he he. I have faith in him. Yep. So I think if he does pick Jaden Daniels, I'm gonna be very excited to see him play. Right. Because if he earns that job over Miles Brennan, he's gonna have to, he's gonna have some skills on him. He's gonna have learned something in spring and fall camp. Yeah, I totally agree. I guess patience is key with this question. And another big question that we have on this offense is the running back position. Who will be that guy this year? We had Ty Davis Price, who kind of filled that role last season, and now he's going to the draft. But we struggled all last season to get this offense started with the run game. We have guys like Corey Kiner, who will be coming back for a second year. John Emery Jr. is back after he was ruled academically ineligible last season. And you also have Noah Kane out of Penn State. So what do we think about the running backs this season? I think I would rather ask more questions about the offensive line because those directly correlate. Right. I think John Emery is going to get the start, but mm-hmm. they're going to do a running back by committee. That's that's how the game's moving forward in that sense. I think Corey Kiner's going to see a, a very big downtick in reps. Okay. I think Noah Kane is just he looked mm-hmm. he's very good. He went to a very good university. He did. Where there's a lot of good football up there, at Penn State. There so, yeah. them two together really fit in the sense of how I like it. But do you think that Emory Jr. can bounce back? I mean, for in his first two seasons, he had five yards per attempt on the ground and then 6.7 yards per reception. But can he just go back in the game and do that again after taking what was essentially a year off? Well, I think that you're going to have to – you're changing coaches, so you're obviously ch- – and you're changing mm-hmm. everything. So, your offensive, your offensive scheme is probably going to be different. So I don't really – all these stats and stuff you look at, but this is a new coach. I don't really think this – I can't buy into these stats anymore. I'm going to buy into the five yards rushing and the six yards on the on the, in the air, like receiving. Right. Because I just like to think that if you're doing simple run play and stuff like that, then, I mean, he didn't – it's not like he got injured. Mm-hmm. He just didn't play. True. So – He's fresh. I mean, he should. I mean, I, I think he should run for 100 yards every game. I mean, he didn't play a, a down last year. I and I mean, judging by his Instagram, he has stayed in shape. So I don't think that will be a concern. And lastly, to wrap up football, Coach Kelly said that there were only two scholarship players who were unable to practice during spring ball. That is Major Burns and Kayshawn Boutte. Boutte was essentially the superstar on this offense last season. He opened it up, especially for guys like Miles Brennan. But then he suffered a leg injury in October. Whoever the quarterback is next season, do you think that Butte will be able to help open up this offense, or do you think it's going to take him some time to get back into the groove again? 
I think he'll I think he'll pick up right where he left off in all honesty because I just don't see him having many issues with I mean you still have a ton of time before the season starts. Mm-hmm. It, he may have some growing pains about you know because he didn't get to he didn't come in day one when the offensive scheme was getting put in place sure. and learn everything firsthand. But overall, I would look at it and say I don't I don't think he's gonna have too big a problem in the terms of the big picture. I think he'll I think he'll pick it up quick. I think he's a smart guy. I think he'll be all right. Right, I do agree with you. I think he's talented enough. I just and I don't think Brian Kelly will do this, but I just hope we don't rely so heavily on him like we did last season. Use the running backs, open up the offense. And just develop that healthy run-pass offense, the consistency. A good offense would be 50-50. Right. And I understand that that's not how the game works, and, like, obviously things are going to change. But I just, I mean, you look at the depth chart, you have a ton of transfers and stuff right now. So having those guys learn the scheme and stuff like that, I think is more important than a guy like Kayshawn, mm-hmm. who has only known one thing. So now it's going to be easier to pick up other things. And I don't think the offense is going to change you know, an absurd amount, but it'll it'll change and it'll change for the better. If I was being honest with you, I think it will, but it, it it'll take some time. Maybe I could see it. Yeah, I agree. And now for our last topic, we're gonna touch a little bit on LSU basketball. Matt McMahon got his first recruit transfer out of Northwestern State, Kendall Coleman. Coleman entered the transfer portal just two weeks ago. And last season, he averaged 15.4 points, 10.1 rebounds, along with 1.3 blocks per game. How do you feel about this commit? I think it was good that you got something early mm-hmm. to prove that you're on the recruiting trail and you're you're moving along. I just wish that, and I like the pickup. I really do. I think he's a really good player. I think, so. I think he's going to be really good. And, I mean, Matt McMahon has proven that he can find diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that if he saw something in this guy, we should as well. I just would like to see him try a little bit harder to keep some of the guys he has right now. Because, I mean, recruiting right now is just not going to help. He's going to have to get transfers because the signing period started, and he's going to need to go get some of the people we need right now. That's, like, their big problem. True. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if you can get a guy like Brandon Murray back. I don't have any hope that Xavier Pinson's going to come back, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's harder because, look, in terms of football, Brian Kelly was a big name. Mm-hmm. So people see – they people watch Notre Dame on Saturdays, and they see that guy. Nobody watched Mac McMahon. I'm sorry, like unless it was right. the tournament. That was the only time right. they ever you ever really heard his name. Murray State doesn't get these big TV deals. You don't know much about him. You know they make the tournament a lot. Mm-hmm. You know John Moran, but you don't know this guy. So you he has to, and it was the same thing with Will Wade, and it's the same thing for a lot of programs. He's going to have to go to the transfer portal and fill out this lineup next year. And if they're good and they you know compete for the SEC or make the tournament or something, that's great because – You'll be you'll pick up right where you left off. In basketball, it's a little bit harder because when you fire a coach like the way we did, mm-hmm. I mean, you're almost asking for five years to rebuild. Right, exactly. And Will Wade made the NIT in his first year, and that was pretty impressive. And then he made the tournament, mm-hmm. and it's like it's stuff like that. It's a building process, and it's gonna it's gonna take some time. But I think the I think the commit helps. I did make me feel better. I think so too, and I think Matt McMahon said it best: is he wants guys who want to play here. And Coleman grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. And another great thing about Coleman is that he is six eight, and it's important to have a big guy out there because we're losing Tari Eason to the draft and Darius Days, who will be leaving us. 
And I think it's just good, again, as you said, to get that early and hopefully recruit other guys as well because we already lost four recruits in the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. I, I get that. I wish you could try to convince some of them. Every person that said they were transferring said they were keeping LSU in their plan, in their options. But I, my question is, are they really? I don't think so. I mean, the only guy I would say has a chance of coming back is Brandon Murray just because he's young. I don't think Sharif O'Neal is going to come back. I have. If you're, if, I think if you're a junior or above right now, right. I think you you're going to play for a winner. Pinson has one year of eligibility left, and he and he playing in a rebuild. No, that's just the not. way it is. So I agree with that. You're definitely right. I kind of think that Brandon Murray or Efton Reed, those guys that were mm-hmm. freshmen that were recruited by Will Wade, I don't I don't know if Will Wade's going to get a job somewhere else. I mean, it seems pretty hard to believe if he did right now. It would yeah, take I don't a couple think years. Right now, I agree. So with with looming sanctions on probably him and us, I think that he probably doesn't get another job right now. But those freshmen, I don't know where they could really go theoretically. I mean, I'm not. Uh, they both played decent, but they weren't, you know, superstars. Mm-hmm. You I th- know, I think Brandon Murray could find a new home. But I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play for a team like he thinks he's gonna play with. Right, I don't think it will he's be not like going LSU. to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He he's not going to Ohio State. He's not going to Michigan or whatever. Right, he's not going there. I, think I don't as, think. I think especially with all these sanctions and things that are coming, that he's guaranteed to start no matter who the head coach is next year. Obviously, it's Matt McMahon, but yeah, exactly. Nobody's coming through right now that I'm looking at and say, "Oh, that guy's going to start over mm-hmm. Brandon Murray." And if you can contain even three or four of these guys right now, you're still good. I mean, this team was fifth in the SEC, mm-hmm. and cause the only reason you lost in the first round is because you didn't have your head coach. And sure. I, I, yeah. I, I, as much as I want to believe that, I don't know if that's true. Or Iowa not. State did not end up being a good team for the tournament. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think we would have played a lot better if we, we would have scored more than yeah. 19 points in the first half. Had I'll Will tell you Wade that much. There. Yeah, I'll tell you, we'll score more than 19 points. We'll make. I, I'm, I'm not saying that Will Wade made the most adjustments in the world, but the adjustments that he made were relatively effective 90% of the time. But that's almost an impossible situation. We saw that all this season, especially in football, how they lost to Kansas State without Coach Ed Ogeron, and that was a mess when he was here, but we still struggled. Yeah, losing your coach just loses team morale. It's hard to to do that, you know? So, I mean, you're definitely right. Something else we're just going to have to wait and see on. Yeah, it's a lot of – you being a freshman, it kind of – the good that's fun for you. <laughs> some hope, right? Yeah, you can have some hope. I mean, I I was here for 2019, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I got the best Lucky thing I could have got. You did. I got the best thing I could ever could have got. So it doesn't matter to me. You did. I'll live with it. I wish baseball would be better. My four years of baseball wasn't really wasn't that great. There's still hope this year. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's still hope, but I just I wish they would like go to Omaha so I could have went, but I never got to go to Omaha. Maybe you'll go to Omaha this year. You'll get two 2019s. Oh, okay, we'll see about that. Okay, uh, we'll see about Actually, that. Actually, every time we say something on here, it doesn't happen, so I oh, take we're that We're always wrong. <laughs> we're always wrong. I'm 0 for 3. I know, you're bad. You're bad. Yeah, it wasn't a good March Madness for me this weekend. Anyway, that is all we have for you today on the Hodges Huddle. I am Patricia Caputo, joined by Tyler Viso. Have a great day. 